Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In the age of online retail, buying a car should be no different. That's why Carvana invented a brand new way to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made a purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door. Or you can pick it up from one of their coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy ensuring you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check out the nation's fastest-growing auto retailer at Carvana.com. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. of The Witching Hour. I am Perry Nemroff. That's Haley Fouch, but we have been teeing up this episode with our two very special guests today for a very long time, Carter Erlinger. I'm so happy this day has finally come because he's been telling me about this for way too long. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I was just like so eager to see like even a little stitch of it now that I've seen the full episode. So happy for you. I'm so freaking happy for you guys. I'm very glad to hear I didn't that. even say the title <laughs> of the damn thing. <laughs> Midnight Kiss, Into the Dark, available on Hulu on December 27th, and uh, it's something else. I've really, I've never seen anything like that, and that's probably one of the most exciting things about a project like this yeah. today. Yeah. yeah. That was, um, well, that was something I was saying I wanted to ask you guys about. Like, first of all, all right, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Tell us a little bit about your film for people who may not have heard of it, and especially Into the Dark, which is kind of a unique space in the genre filmmaking industry right now. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, Into the Dark is this really cool anthology series on Hulu. Um, they have um, 12 episodes per year, one per month, and all pr- produced by Blumhouse. Uh, and they're all horror holiday-themed movies, and they're all line, like around 90 minutes long, so they're like full feature films. Um, and our film is the the New Year's Eve one, New Year's Eve. Um, which is very fun. It's very festive and 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 um, you know a good party movie. Um, and I think also ours is kind of special because it's the first um, queer or like gay um, movie in this um, yeah in, in into the dark in the in the series um, and and. And in other places as well. It's uh, kind of an yeah, I've never, Like you said, I've never seen one, have you? Mm-hmm. Not I, like this. No, definitely <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. So that's something, like, what I was kind of teeing up there was, like, do you guys, tell us a little bit about the journey to getting it made and how much do you think you were able to get it made because of the outlet of Into the Dark? Do you think this would be made somewhere else or was it sort of a special scenario where everything all came together? I've certainly had no luck getting any kind of queer horror, like overtly queer horror thing made anywhere else. Um, but earlier, you—I mean, this was—you were involved, you know, as a writer way before I was. So you can probably talk about right. the conception. Um, I so uh, I for me it was um, 
I had always wanted to write like a, a gay themed slasher movie. That's that had been on my mind for a long time. But how this project came to be was kind of a, a weird situation. Like I just was brought in to pitch to Blumhouse on an episode. And all I knew was that it was supposed to be the New Year's Eve episode. They wanted it to be a slasher movie, and they wanted like a gay twist to it. Which, of course, like hearing yeah, 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 that, exactly, <laughs> yeah, they asked for it, yeah. and like hearing that, that just got me super excited. And I was like, okay, you know, what can I do? You know, and I knew kind of the, you know, the the format of the show a little bit. So I came up with an idea that I thought would work, and they loved it. So um, it happened very quickly from there on out. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, you know, it was kind of like a, a weird dream come true. Um, but I think, I think just the, the way, you know, uh, our culture is today, I think there's, there's a want and a need for a film like this. And I feel like both Blumhouse and Hulu were kind of, you know, smart enough to, to see that and, and be proactive about getting it you know they weren't waiting for somebody to bring it to them mm-hmm. they were like this is what we want they were asking for, they were it. Asking for it yeah you know? and i think that one of the things that's so interesting about the into the dark too is it's such a kind of speeding train like it's not the sort of thing where something gets bogged down in development for years and years and years like this you know from the time that you went in and pitched to the time that we actually shot was i mean i don't know how long it was but it was oh. like crazy compressed so there was no time to like have second thoughts about like oh my god should we re- like is this really you know what we should be doing pros um, and cons of that if you had a little more time to do something what would it have been everything <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we do a, a would you rather game and it's uh, one of the questions is would you rather have enough time and not enough money or enough money and not enough time I I mean, one of them is going to be compromised no matter what. I mean, I, you know what, though? I wouldn't actually change it. I mean, I guess I would have liked a little more prep time. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we got everything we needed to get done. We got cast. We, you know, we had enough time to shoot. Like, I guess maybe some more time to, like... <laughs> Well, I, I would <laughs> work, work, work together, you know, before before we started. Right. I mean, we were kind of, you know, like, like you said, it was just like a train, and you know, it's like not even jumping on the train; it's like running to catch the train to catch and up, like just with hold it. on yeah. for dear life, and then getting dragged a little bit at the beginning <laughs> before you get your footing. But I think the good thing about like having it happen so quick is that you have to just kind of trust your instincts. Yeah. You have to just like you can't second guess yourself. You just have to, you know, put, you know, I'm I'm putting on the page, you know, what I think is going to work. And then, you know, I get the feedback from, you know, from Carter or from the Blumhouse people and the Hulu people. Um, and, but I'm not, like, second-guessing myself. You know, I'm, you know, I wait for the feedback. I make adjustments. But that's, there's something, like, exhilarating about working yeah. like that. And then, you know, like, at the end of the day, you, like, realize, okay, like, I have my instincts are good? Or, yeah. like, oh, that was or a big mistake. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing in shooting. It's like, you know, you don't have, there's no time to... to you know, okay, let's shoot it from over here. Okay, now let's also shoot it from over here. And let's try one where you're, like, the, you know, it's like, uh, go. You know, we're, you're, you're shooting it, and it's happening fast. Oh, my God, I have so many questions. But the first thing that came to mind as you were explaining the process is one of the coolest things about Into the Dark is this community of filmmakers that it creates. So when mm-hmm. you guys first got going with this, did you turn to anyone in particular just to ask for advice or a little insight into the process? I, you know, uh, me, honestly, I, like, I came on board and literally went directly to a, like a tech scout for locations and casting. So like there wasn't even, you know, there wasn't even like the luxury of time for that. I mean, I just sort of trusted that everybody else on the crew 
you know, had done this before at this pace and done it successfully. And, you know, and you just kept hearing, like, we'll make it happen. Oh, that's and wild. you just kind of trust in, in, in them. Did you, did you talk to people? No, it was the same. Like, I, uh, there was just no time to do it. Um, but, like, now that we've finished ours, um, funny enough, like, uh, one of the directors of an upcoming film is somebody that I know and that you know. Um, and he reached out, like, because he had seen um, that, you know, I had written the episode. So he reached out to me when he got the job. So, and, you know, we talked a little bit about it. But, uh, but yeah, I didn't, I just... You know, you know, I've had, like, two or three conversations since then. They've been like, will you talk to a director that's a little nervous? <laughs> 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 and see, you know, just tell them that it's going to be okay. So I've, I've had a couple conversations since. But I didn't get to have that conversation. Oh, that's interesting. What's the, uh, what's the advice you're passing forward? Uh... Or I, I mean, guess the, the phrase is paying for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the one thing that I said is, like, make sure that the script is shootable. Like, mm-hmm. you can't have, like, a crazy 17-page action sequence that involves, you know, you know, explosions and blood, you know, all this stuff, yeah. and then, you know, expect to be able to shoot it in, you know, half a day. Even you though know? we kind of do have a sequence. We, you know, we do, we, we but, like, but think about how, what that sequence was at the, at the when we started. Yeah, that, that was much more elaborate for a while. I still feel like watching it, it's like it's very it's still, action it's, heavy. It's really elaborate now, I feel yeah. like. But, you know, what the first version was, was kind of that was one of the things where we were like, okay, I don't think that we can shoot this. I have so many <laughs> questions about specific things and just like how you are. Because you, you tease a, a scene here and it's like, I can think of a couple things that probably, you know, fit that category yeah. of, how do you do this so quickly and without and having enough we, time? Uh, maybe we get a little spoilery towards the I'm, end. Okay, I'm glad you said yeah. that. I didn't want to push that on anybody, no, no, no. but I feel like Save it is... Save a little, little time for is, some specific... Yeah. It okay. is kind of necessary, and yeah. we can we can clip it out for yeah. later. Um, I also wanted to ask you a little bit about your collaboration right from the start. I know you didn't have too much time, but you get Erlinger's script. What is your first impression of the script, and what was kind of one of the, the key notes that you guys discussed to yeah. give us I mean, what we got in the end? I, the, I got the script, and I read it, and my first reaction was like, this is the movie that I wanted when I was a kid growing up watching horror movies, not seeing myself in those movies. It was like an immediate connection to the characters and the friend group and the genre, obviously. Um, And, you know, I mean, I read it like on a Friday night at like 10 o'clock and 9 a.m. on Monday, I'm on a call with with earlier in the Blumhouse people, like, you know, talking about it and, you know, from that point on, it was pretty quick. I mean, we were, we were really together the whole time, like in yeah. the in the you know week and a half that we were, and like you know that call, like when first of all, like when I heard that you had the script, I was like, oh my god, that's so amazing. But like I, I but he's not gonna want to do it, like you know. Um, but then we had the call, and like not only were you so excited about it, you had like done a lot of prep, you had already done like a lookbook and everything, and. Um, and it was just like I think we were on the same page, like literally from like the first minute of the conversation. Yeah. At least that's how I felt. I felt the same way. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you do make me so yeah. happy. This is like one of the greatest things because it's like one of my favorite human beings yeah. in the entire world. And then the director of the ruins. <laughs> yeah. I was so upset. My mom would hate me if I didn't say this really early on, but my mom's favorite movie 
of all time is the ruins. Wow, I, I like your mom. I swear nice. God, it's like whenever the whole Nemiroff family is in the same house, there is no quicker way to get us all into the same room than either putting on Final Destination or the ruins. Perfect. Like we I like that. I like that. I am curious though. So something like the ruins comes out, and I think at this point, there's a lot of people out there that would look at that as you know. I guess I'd go as far to say being an iconic genre movie. So what happens immediately after that movie comes out for you? Are you getting like tons of offers and everything? Yeah. I mean, I'm getting lots of like um, sort of mediocre genre scripts, to be honest. I mean, that was, you know, it's about 10 years ago. So that was Mm -hmm. sort of the height of the, the remake uh, moment. Um, And, you know, I mean, the ruins was a script that I fell in love with. And, you know, the horror scripts are often not as great as you want them to be. Like, you'll get, you'll get like, 40 pages into it and be like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then at some point, you're just like, well. Um, so I got a lot of that stuff. And I'm, I'm a fashion photographer, like, as my sort of day job. So, like, I sort of went back to, to doing that and, and, and kind of, you know, uh, disappeared. You know, I was like, I don't have to take a movie that I I'm not passionate about, so I'd rather wait and find something that I really love. Mm. Um, so rather than doing like another big studio movie, I did this movie, Jamie Marks is Dead, which is like the kind of movie that I imagined would be my first movie, like a little indie, like, you know, kind of Sundance movie that I, I sort of did it backwards. Um, well, the past seemed to work well. Yeah, yeah. Now I can kind yeah. of see if you're a photographer as, as your day job, I could see that influence in the movie. I yeah. mean, even in Midnight Kiss too, that's a big component of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It it's very looks, effective yeah, too. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, for you, like you, you said you wanted to write this sort of queer slasher for a long time. So mm-hmm. when you have that in your head for all these decades, and then you have to write it super, super fast, what what sort of survived that transition, and how much of it that, that was originally in your head didn't make the leap, so to speak? It was kind of funny. Actually, a lot of it did not make the because you know I knew I think because I had had these ideas for such a long time. Um, they had become quite elaborate, like in terms of production and scale. <laughs> and I knew that like that wasn't possible. Like, you know, the the way these films are produced and the time you have to do them in, you know, you can't have too many characters, you can't have too many locations. So I kind of like stripped a lot of I think the, the stuff that mostly survived were some like death ideas, like kill scenes that I kind of like imported. Um but um but what I really wanted to do was present like a group of gay characters and friends that are that feel like real people that don't feel like you know stereotypes and don't feel like um like the butt of the joke or like just the supporting character in somebody else's film um and that's something you know maybe the characters in my other ideas were were different characters but like that kind of um making them feel real and and relatable um not necessarily like likable because I, th- I think there's a bunch of characters in this <laughs> that, are that, not so that are not so likable. <laughs> but like making sure that like you kind of know where everyone is coming from and that you kind of get their motivations and that they feel grounded in some sort of um, like reality that at least you know hopefully you know everyone can identify with, but definitely that you know gay audiences can be like, oh, I haven't seen this character portrayed before but i know who this is and, yeah. and or this relationship i think that there's yes. a lot of there's a lot of relationships in the film that don't get that much screen time yeah in you know not just horror cinema but like any you know any cinema 
you are extremely successful with this group. And I mean, the characters are great. And then just watching them all sell everything because what you just described is kind of what I felt while watching it. You know, I know that maybe some of them aren't like super likable, but it's a group of characters that you really do enjoy spending time with. And I don't know, some of the comedic beats in this just work so well. And it's like so much of it is their delivery. It's just so pitch perfect. And also, I mean, speaking of the other Thad, the the editing in this Mm -hmm. too. I mean, it's really just like, spot on timing it was so much fun like so i got to be on set a lot and just you know it's like you know when you're like sitting just watching the screens and you know you have no you know i'm, I'm writing something and you know i i have a certain idea of like how i imagine them you know saying certain things and then they show up and they're like they're basically doing it either exactly the way i had thought of it or better which is like such a fun thing to witness yeah they're just such a pleasure. Yeah, well, it's, it's so much of that. It was from the casting, too. I mean, casting, I mean, a lot of our cast, they knew each other already or they were familiar with each other from meeting and auditions. And, like, from day one at the fittings, you know, it was very clear that they were connected and, like, they were going to have fun with it. And so, like, all of that, played, you know, ended up on the screen. So with the speeding train mentality, how so how much do you get to take part in the casting process and then, oh. you know, the prep process leading up to yeah, actually I mean, we, going I, into production? It wasn't cast before I came on board. So luckily I was able to, you know, to, to do all of that um, and, you know, ended up with, you know, everyone that I love, you know. They're, they're, they're so, so good. Yeah. Something I'm curious about from the sort of like Hulu being streaming, which can open a lot of doors in terms of creative freedom, but I don't like, what is their notes process like? How how R-rated were you allowed to be versus what were, were there limitations on how much blood and swearing and sex and all that? Oh, I, from the writer point of view, like as I was writing, I was being, especially with the very first draft, I felt like I was being very careful. Like, I don't want to push it too far because they're going to ask me to pull back. But then they were like, oh, no, you can go further. Like, yeah, make it more sexy. Make it more gay. Um, <laughs> and so, then in the end, on the last draft, we, like, we did a final pass, like, for, <laughs> like the, the Sunday night before Monday morning, where we sat down and we're like, no, he's naked in this scene. Yeah. Let's add a shower <laughs> scene. Let's add, the, like, let's add more nudity. The Google Boys... <laughs> They're naked. Like, yeah. we, we went through and did, like, a nudity pass. You got so <laughs> many butts in your movie, yeah. I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but they were but they were great. I mean, they, you know, I mean, I think the, the nudity thing also came down to actors and what they're comfortable with, obviously, because you want them to be comfortable with what they're doing. But, you know, there wasn't any, like, it's too bloody, it's too sexy, it's too, you know, it was, it was all kind of embracing the, you know, the spirit of it. And, I, and right. I think also, I think they were that embracing because I think they they both kind of felt that we had a point of view, that we kind of knew what we were doing and kind of we knew the audience um, that it was intended for. And I think they tr- trusted us to to kind of... Yeah, because they knew it was our story. You know, it was it was a story that, that was ours to tell, you know, yeah. in, in a way that... Uh, they were like, okay, we're, we're going to trust you on this one. Is there any kind of into <laughs> the dark house yeah. style? Like any kind a, of like visual, visual things that need to stay consistent from film to film or is it entirely up to it's you? It's entirely, you know, it's, it was, it was entirely, I mean, that's the, what's so great about them. I think is that each one is, I mean, even though a lot of the crew is the same and mm-hmm. they share DPs with other episodes, like the DP Lynn who shot this one, it looks completely different from any of the other episodes that he's done. So it's, it's really just down to what that story requires. 
So I have a million like story, like scene spoiler questions. But before we get there, just to, to keep it kind of spoiler free, was there any particular sequence that you found the most challenging to shoot just to kind of tease a little bit? That final like okay. 10 minute, 12 minute <laughs> I sequence. I uh, go in that like, direction. Oh my gosh, that was tough. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of elements in that, in that sequence and it was Quite very, very tough. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, a lot of characters, a lot of stunts, a lot of, you know, a lot. Which I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you want to talk about it. But it's, I'm like, but so it's, 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 that was that was definitely something specifics. when I like the whole because we were and we shot that like the first week that we were shooting, and we knew and I knew that I needed more. So like the whole time, every day, I'd say, okay, so when are we going to schedule the pickup shots for for scene like ninety eight or whatever it was. Uh, 15, 15 or 16 days? 16, 16, yeah. 16 days. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was insane. like, even watching the movie yesterday, I was like, I can't believe this was shot in 16 days. Yeah. Like, Well, the luxury of that also is that, like, there's nothing that didn't end up in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, we didn't shoot anything extra. There's, like, one tiny little, like, half-page scene that, that isn't in it, huh. but, like, everything that's in that movie was was on the page, and, and everything that's on the page is in the movie. What do you like to have in your hand when you go to set? Like what are the what are the tools you need or or like you know the coffee vice something like that? Uh, I mean, I like a coffee. I really like a yellow uh, oh, pen or pencil. That's so specific. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Is that yeah. a good luck thing? No, or? I don't know. I just I always I like I jump from yellow pencil to yellow pencil to yellow <laughs> All pen. All right. Um, and I mean, you know, notes on what I'm going to do, like you know, diagrams and shot lists, all that like basic stuff. Okay. In the, nothing, right. nothing too right. crazy other than my yellow like, <laughs> I writing. I just loved how specific yeah. that well, was, I and we that got it was an example. Here, yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, it must be easy to find, at least. Yeah. You know, it stands out. There's a yeah. practical it's mine. element. It's mine. That's right. <laughs> it's like when you get a crazy lighter, and someone tries to say, like, no, yeah, yeah, I bought that yeah. one in case yeah. it came along. Yeah. Um, in the writing stage, do they... Like because they have done quite a few of these by now, is there a little Bible of, like, here's the other holidays and what they did, or do they just, like, assume you'll know? Um, no, I think it's more um, in it's that happens. I think more in kind of the pitching process. Okay, they'll be like, you know, if if you come in with an idea, and you know, they'll be like, oh, we already did something like that, or we are up, we already have a script for something like that that we're about to shoot. Um, but be kind of because they asked for this specifically, like right. this kind of the you know the, the very basic concept came from them. I never because I had met with them before on other you know potential episodes and stuff and you know that i i did have um i remember like i can't remember exactly what the idea was but they were like oh we already have like something set in a high school you know so probably mm-hmm. we're not going to do that at least not this season um but yeah the, that's kind of i can imagine it being a little bit of a problem for them because they're making so many movies <laughs> yeah. and the, there's only so many holidays, holidays yeah. so it's like you know how many different variations of a christmas horror movie can you make but i think they're Lots. doing a pretty yeah no, <laughs> I, know. I think they're doing a pretty good job of keeping things varied and um, yeah yeah well i think part of that comes from working with completely different teams and different directors yeah. and like so you know sophia's new year's eve episode is obviously going to be like different. super different mm-hmm. from from what we did yeah so this is like a silly stupid question but when you guys found out that you got new year's eve was that like your holiday of choice is that what you really <laughs> would have wanted or would you have picked something else Oh, I was super excited about yeah. it because yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I've I've done a couple of other things, and they've been maybe more like the last 
thing that I've been working on was very moody and very kind of like you know atmospheric and and kind of somber sad, somber and heavy. yeah and this is um, like bright and fun yeah. and, and glossy think, and yeah. and when you hear New Year's Eve that's immediately like I kind of knew what the tone was going to be even before I kind of sat down to figure out the story I was like okay you know there has there has to be a sense of like party and community and like fun this is how gays do new year's this eve, is how gays do new year's eve. Um, i've never done the funny thing is like i've never even been to palm springs so like <laughs> <laughs> the entire all the palm Springs stuff is just like fr- stuff that i've heard from other people um and you know this is my fantasy version of what yeah. like new year's eve at palm yeah. springs is. i could see how it would be a good fit for a holiday with someone's fashion photography as well yeah it's a very glitzy yeah holiday. very glitzy very yes, stylish i love her jacket Oh yes. my god. So good, oh right? my god. Yeah, yeah, I want it. Yeah. <laughs> you know who I could see wearing that jacket? Mm. Christy. You know oh, Christy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that is a Christy Puchko jacket if absolutely. I ever saw. It gets one. caught in car doors though. It's like <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was actually like practic- not so practical. <laughs> how about that house? How did you how did you come to find that and how much is kind of laid out exactly as we see in the movie and how much are you kind of, you know, cheating for your needs? It, it, it was a complete cheat. I mean, that, you know, cuz the script was t- had took place in a house that was on multiple Two levels floors, yeah. and mul- you know and, and there was a basement. There was a ba- yeah, there was there's so much and just, you know, Three days before we started shooting, we finally locked in the house. It was like, okay, this is our house. <laughs> now we have to, you know, do the house pass on the script where we make sure that everything, you know, kind of matches what we actually have. There's yeah. no staircase. There's no basement. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was a great house. And so it was a, a cinematic sort of photogenic house. It fits the vibe yeah, very, very yeah, well. Totally. Yeah, And yeah. I think it... it in the you know in the in the end, I think it worked to the film's benefit because like it just kind of simplified a lot of the yeah. action, and I think it just made made, made it probably flow smoother. Because there was a lot of like they're going up the stairs and into this room, and then they're going back down the stairs, and, it's and then they get caught in the hallway. Yeah, and like where this house it was very much like okay, it's one. It's like an L. Yeah. yeah, you can sort of so you you can sort of see everything from one you know which worked was you tough. You just like gain a sense of geography yeah, very right. very quickly, yeah, which so is it's all important. centered around the pool. So as long as you know where the pool is, That's you know true. how the rest of the house. It's fits. important in a movie where like a slasher is stalking people too to establish yeah. that yeah. geography super quickly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want to do it? I, I, I kind of do. You know. I'm just like yeah, yeah. I'm like bubbling over right now with very specific questions. So. Actually, all right, before we move on to that, let's do our, our final two questions. Oh, yes, our very I, earlier, challenging Earlier, you can a- a- answer question. one of them, but I know what your answer is for the okay. other. So the first question <laughs> we like to ask is... Do you want to pick one? You, you have them so specifically I, in mind. Okay, yes. Um, the two. Okay. I don't know which <laughs> don't one you want to ask. rules for what earlier could do. I don't know what's happening. Because I just know his answer. Our sort of first go-to is what in the genre, whether it's a book, a video game, a comic book, book, movie, whatever, TV series, have you been seeing, reading, watching that you're super hyped about and you want other people to know about? Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Well, okay, so I read a book the other day that I loved. In one day? No, no, no. (laughs) no, I I can write very quickly. I can't read that quickly. Um, No, a book called Ill Will um, by Dan Cheon. And I've kind of been obsessed with this book since I read it. It's very, it's like borderline horror. I mean, I would call it horror just because it's so creepy, but I guess it falls more under kind of a, a crime mystery novel. But it's it's written in a way that like really gets under your skin. Um, and I just, it hadn't, it had been a while since I read something that like really kind of 
like blew my mind like that. So it came out a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I think I you know I, I was like looking into like oh who has the rights to this? This is the one with the shopping cart in the snow on the cover, right? This is, is that the cover. Um, I was just looking. Oh, it it's just okay. There's no shopping cart. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the one that I have. Yeah. That looks like a wave. Okay, I think yeah. so. I, I totally. For, for whatever reason, when you describe like snow. a shopping cart in the snow, I'm like, what is that? I must yeah, read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's basically, it's about like a psychologist that gets kind of obsessed with a series of murders that have been happening for like years and years. And like, he, it, it kind of becomes like, is he is he seeing a pattern? Is this a serial killer or is he just making up a pattern here? Mm. And then it just gets more and more kind of twisty and turny. And yeah, it's very, very excellent i need a new audiobook so maybe i'll oh, yeah, turn to that do. next but i would I, I don't know it would be interesting to hear how the audiobook is because the way it's written like it has very specific things it does in the language and it'll yeah. like it'll like leave off unfinished sentences mm-hmm. in a way where you're reading and you're just like wait is this a mistake in the printing but then it keeps happening again and again and you start to realize oh the this is starting to make a little bit more sense like in the context of the book it's hard to describe, so I'm, I wonder way, how it would be. The thing that I just connected it to is The Outsider, because The Outsider oh. at the beginning, it plays almost like a police transcript. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird thing to be able to see on the page versus listening to someone do the narration for it. Right. I feel like people should know that you're the reason that I got super into Stephen, Stephen King. King. How many, oh, how really? many years yeah. were oh. you like, here is my Stephen King collection, and you even gave me your misery book, and right. I think I read like 10 pages and then put it in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> but now now I'm, I'm well read on Stephen King, because yeah. you got the ball rolling. I kind of, I'm <laughs> kind of caught up on Stephen King now like I used to like because he's written so much so you there was a period where I was like oh I can always go back to like this book that I haven't read and this book that I haven't read and now I think I read almost everything except maybe the newest one so um but yeah he's still the institute the institute the institute is well worth a read I loved it it. yeah Yeah. I'd say Paul Tremblay's Cabin at the End of the World yeah Mm -hmm. have you guys read that you can also listen to it on uh on audio (laughs) excellent um, which is like another which is also like a chilling uh kind of home invasion slash end of the world slash queer narrative that is really frightening and and horrifying and troubling now i'm getting stressed because i don't know which one to start with Well, you could you could read Ill Will and listen to Cabin have. at the End of the World. Right. Okay, want, I know? like I like that. Yeah. The Cabin at the End of the World does sound like it it's does. probably a very uh, cinematic opportunity for someone to adapt for it to. Sure. Yep. But also very tricky. I, there's like stuff that happens in that book that I'm like, I don't know. Like that would be so cool to do it, but like I don't know who would do it. Like yeah. may, maybe some, you know, mm. maybe a streaming service, maybe Hulu will. Mm. I'm know? into it. Um, but the cool one thing about that book that is also, you know, like when you have a genre like Home Invasion that you kind of feel, oh, this has been played out. Like there's nothing new you can do. And then a book like that comes and it's like, oh, this it is It takes such you completely fresh. by surprise. Like you've never seen a Home Invasion or read a Home Invasion story like this one. Yeah. Okay. Very We're just very like crowdsourcing really good recommendations, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I know <laughs> what I'm what doing over the holiday <laughs> break. Perfect. Thanks, yeah. guys. Do, um, the other question we like to ask, it's so random. I know your answer. Do you have any pets? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Do we I wish still I love did. Jurlinger? Um I do not have any pets yeah. because I'm I'm severely allergic to like every animal. Even like that doodles? Has hair. Or uh, like Oh like, like hypoallergenic yeah. dogs. Yeah, no, I don't I don't know what that like means because I that I've never been it around. It means you're like, like a, a defective person. <laughs> <laughs> I know, no, but I'm it's kidding. it's very like 
I, I, you know, I go to people's parties or something, and they have a dog or a cat, and like I'm dying in a few minutes. Do you know where Dewey's favorite place to sit when Erlinger comes over? No, <laughs> like as close to him as humanly oh, possible. Okay. Gotcha. That tends murderous to, intent. They, <laughs> animals, they can sense something because yeah. it, it's not just Dewey. You no, I remember <laughs> shooting Child Eater in that house, and right. that cat was yeah. like, I was dying like all up for in half your face. I remember. I had to go out of the house like every ten minutes just to breathe. Oh. Um, <laughs> doesn't sound fun. No, <laughs> it's not not fun. Do you have any pets? I don't. You guys. I I, I wish that I had dogs, but I tr- I travel a lot, and I've yeah. always told myself that I like I want big dogs, but then not the ones that can travel with you. You can't and, travel with a big yeah, dog. Yeah. Okay. All right. I would yeah. love to have a pet if I could. Sad. You can have a fish. I could. I did have turtles <laughs> once. Did you? Yeah. Were they New York turtles. City turtles? No, they were in Iceland. Okay. They were in, yeah. And then I gave them away. They don't shed. Well, they do. They do shed like oh, like flakes. Skin yeah, flakes. No, that, yeah. Now that I say that, they actually do. I think uh, my my parents at home actually have a Russian box turtle that they've oh. had since uh, I think Lonnie was ten and I was thirteen, and <laughs> Reno is still alive and thriving. Oh, and yeah, the turtles are and Reno's going to outlive all of us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching the non-spoiler portion of our conversation on Midnight Kiss. We do have a significant amount of spoiler content coming your way soon. We got to wait for Midnight Kiss to hit Hulu on December 27th. So come back then, check out the spoiler conversation. But for now, you've officially survived the witching hour. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.